covenant keeping God. And the covenant that he established in the past is connected to the covenant he has for our future. <coughs> but you got to know how to get it or how to walk in it and obtain it. And again, so you need the knowledge thereof to have to have to experience the blessings of it. Amen. Amen. As many of us, we have thought that listen, and I want to say sometimes the Lord will cover you just to preserve you because your thoughts that you thought it was going to destroy you, but it was designed to feed you and to keep you ready for what was to come. This is the covenant manifestation that is going to be released in our lives. And I've discovered, and I'm going to show you all through the word. If we can't back this thing up through the word, then it doesn't exist. But I'm going to show you in the word where it's being released and manifest for them that obey. For them that do the word of God. Okay, you know, and uh, you know, again, I, I heard a powerful prayer this morning. I thought that was like fire. Shut up, somebody's ball. And I'm hearing this. Wow, thank you, Lord. So releasing that. Amen. Releasing that prayer. Releasing that word in this house because it's necessary. And not And when I get energized, and it is the word of God that's doing it. Amen. And I got one more. I want to share this quote. Was sent to me, and the person sent it to me. They said, they thought of me, and it reminded them of me. When you're pulling out, and so this quote, the other way is we could do if you get on the I'm going to share this with everybody. I shared with the leadership team the other day. And this was a quote from Booker G. Washington, who was a very powerful and knowledgeable man. And listen to this quote, and I need y'all to get this. Because this is important for our day, especially with the word of God. A lie does not become true. Wrong does not become right. And evil does not become good just because it's accepted by a majority. Wow. That's the word of God. Okay. I know that's a quote. But why am I saying it's the word of God? Because we want to take things and change them. So we want to make, we want to take a lie and call it truth. We want to make evil and call it good. Yeah, you right. We know what's happening in our world. So we want to pervert, which is what the enemy's job is. Steal, kill, and destroy. And so we're living in a time where they're taking things. And it's because a majority believes. Or majority says yes to it. That doesn't change the truth of the word of God. So I need the church to hold truth. I need my family, my children, my students, and everyone to know that the truth is still the truth. And we have to stand on that. And here's what I love about covenant. Covenant is an agreement. And usually there's someone that just agrees with me that it can't be. But covenant usually uh, with someone or something that has a, a higher authority. And that it comes with you to give you what's necessary for your life from the higher authority. So I'm in covenant with God as you are in covenant with God. And I'm going to remind you today. In fact, and so even uh, some of our forefathers in the covenant that was established uh, by, by a mother could be bestowed to his children. You see what I'm saying? And so they need to understand that, that they're entitled to it. And you'll watch. So we may have a multitude of children. 
but it's only those that receive and accept. I don't know about you, but I want all my kids to be blessed. Amen. But the truth be told, some have rejected. That's right. But according to Scripture, I'm going to trust the Word of God. He said that if I raise them, that they would return. That's right, Pastor. That's right, Pastor. That's right, Pastor. Dealing with choices and decisions that I would never make. That's right. I I, I, I want to help somebody here. This will help you because you said I'm making personal. Talk about me. How I could have a son, and how many some of you who relate to this, right? Because I want to tell you, as a child of God, how could you be a child of God? And our Father, who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who, who owns everything, how in the world could we settle for less and want less and willing to do less and willing to subject ourselves to some stuff that don't belong to Him? I look at it and said to him, how is it that a son wouldn't want and model at his father who has what could be some level of, and I don't want to make, don't, don't put no pat on my back, uh, some level of success in doing something that he's been called to do. Talk about it. Why didn't you now? I said, I talk about me, I'm going to talk about you. I will share with you, but the covenant belongs to him. But if he doesn't choose it, that's right. he can't have it. That's right. I, got a, I have a young man who is my spiritual son. And he got keys to everything I got keys to. He knows everything I know about what's going on if I don't show up here tomorrow. Amen. Because God assigns somebody if somebody else doesn't want it. Amen. 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 I got it. I, I, so, you know, I, I, so I didn't, don't, don't forget this because I don't know why they think. I got other sons who are listening and responding according to the will of God for their lives. Right. I got two sons that never told me no. Whatever it is they're asking, they're to help. And they're the support. Okay? And then I got two other ones say, well, how much are you going to pay me? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm glad y'all can laugh and have some good wife. The reason why, because he said, we got we to get things confused. We get it confused. Yeah. Money ain't the answer to the blessing. Right. Had they accepted the assignment, money wouldn't even be an issue. Money would come because it's not about the money. So y'all get this. You'll get it in a minute because I said so I needed to share that quote. I needed to share some of these truths because I want you to go in your Bible. They're gonna pull it up on the screen. The Book of Exodus, chapter five. I'm sorry, chapter nineteen, verse five. And then we're gonna go. I'm gonna jump forward, fast forward. Into yeah, so click that. Uh, 1 Peter, the second chapter, verse 5. Now I'm going to read all of that, and then I'm going to go. Because I want to talk to you about a covenant. 
And I want to talk to you about that covenant agreement. And so even as I heard the prayer, I want to share with you. The Bible says, if my people, in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, if my people would humble themselves here, and he said, then I, he said he would hear from the land and he would heal it. So it's required of the people of God to humble themselves. And when you say, what's humbling? Humbling is coming to the place we don't know it all, but his word does. Come See, on. We've got to be knowledgeable in some areas, and all of a sudden, we know more than God. Wow. It's impossible to be greater than the leader. Although people think it. I'll tell you, it's impossible. So we humble ourselves. You know, I'm honored. The things that God does and brings in my life, and you know, even to the place where He has me personally and and, and scripture. He can give me a scripture, He can give me a word, and I can spend hours or days and moments into just talking about it. Why? Because He's placed it in my spirit. Amen. And so I want to encourage you this morning. So in Exodus. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. Y'all got it? Okay, so Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. I'm bringing up my computer at the same time. It says to us here uh, in the King James Version, it says, Now therefore, if we will obey my voice, indeed, somebody say indeed, and keep my covenant, then shall be a particular treasure unto me above all the people of all the earth is mine. So I want you to understand something. He's making a statement there. Both good and bad belong to him. That's right. There's some successful right. people and there's some unsuccessful people. They belong to him. But he said, if you, somebody say me. Me. If you would obey my my covenant, my commandments, and obey my word, and stay in covenant with me, what I promise you, you will be a treasure unto me. Now jump fast forward 4,000 years. 4,000 years later, Peter writes, he said, now therefore, if you obey my voice indeed, now that's Exodus still. First, I'm sorry. Take it to I can take it on here. First Peter, second chapter, um, verse five through nine. He said, "You also are a lively stone, and are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifice acceptable unto God so by Jesus Christ." Wherefore, also you contain in the scriptures, behold, I lay in Sinai the chief cornerstone and the elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, believe that he is precious, but unto them that be disobedient, the stone will be a builder's disallowed. The same is made the head of the corner. And he said, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, 
whereunto also they will be appointed. They were appointed. But you, somebody say me, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a particular people that should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Somebody shout hallelujah. I don't know about you, but to know that I've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. I tell people all the time, you, you didn't know me before. When I came, I came to Delaware, I feel like I came because I had to get out of Philadelphia. I had to leave. You, they, I, you people didn't know where I come from. Hey, and where I came from wasn't what I'm doing today. I'm so far from who God, what I thought I was going to be doing, but when I became obedient unto God and understood his word and found out who he called me to be, oh my God, my whole life changed. Woo. I tell people all the time, you know, back in the day there was a song that, about Olivia and she was uh, lost and turned out. And I tell him, I said, you know, uh, it's, it, I was worse than Olivia. <laughs> so if you can fathom that, all right? But I, but I look at that. God can meet you. That's going to help somebody. Because somebody's been struggling about where they've been, what they did, all of that. And I'm telling you, God met me where I was at. Now, I am not preaching greasy grace. I am telling you that if we're living in a dispensation called grace, and it's the grace of God that can meet me where I'm at, even though I made mistakes prior to. Hello? So I'm trying to help you because I want you to understand this covenant and this agreement that we're in supersedes what I did. That'll help people. So listen. Once the agreement is in place and I start to respond to it, it supersedes where I was and what I had done. And so when I can come into the knowledge of God and repent, the repentance gives me the ability to let go of what I was and where I did, and now turn from me and turn 360 to him. Then my life started going in another direction. And at that point, it completely turned me around. It completely changed my life. I started going on a trajectory to find out who I am and who's, whose I am and what it's called me to do. And so when I discovered who I am, it also opened up my eyes that I could see what I'm supposed to be doing. So there's somebody watching and trying to figure out who they are and why they're on the earth and what they're supposed to be doing. But I want to tell you, your answer is in the Word. Oh, I looked a whole lot of places. And I thought I had it figured out. You, you, you don't know me, I'm telling you. I graduated high school at 16. I entered college, Drexel University, at 16. I had my own apartment at 16. I had a car at 16 that I bought with cash at 16. It sounds impressive, don't it? I was on my way to hell. So, let me, let me, let me, so I want to help everybody there so give me some stuff that can sound good. And I, and yes, if I did all that at 16, you know you couldn't tell me nothing. I even told my own father what he could do for me. 
and he picked me up by my neck and said, don't you ever talk to me like that again. And, and I never forgot that. And today, I, I, I wish he was here that I could tell him how much I appreciate him for what he did to make me a bad man today. Because out of ignorance, I made that stupid statement. Not knowing my father was there, never left. We ate, we had a house with a roof over our head. Okay, it wasn't perfect. But he did what he knew to do. Right, 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 right. Thank God I got exposed to the kingdom of God and the word of God. And my sister was praying for me. And I got came to church and I got saved and delivered and set free. Hallelujah. To change my life. Amen. That's what the covenant did for me. That's what I want to explain today. So I understood that I'm a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Out of peculiar people. And he said, So, and I'm saying, all of that. And he said, Well, why I'm going through trouble? Trouble exists. And now I found out trouble is to be fixed. <laughs> and the power of the word of God can change trouble. That's right. That's right. I, I, I met Pastor Bruce. Uh, ten years ago, maybe more than that, and he said to me, he was like, "We, he had a men's ministry, and I had a men's, our men's ministry, and we would meet up." And he then about he watched me go through some stuff, two floods, lost two buildings, lost everything I had twice, lost a lot of things, people, relationships, all that thing in the process of trying to discover who I am. Come on, come on, sir. A real man's journey. A real but man's journey. That I didn't lose. I didn't lose my relationship with God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So although I may have lost the building. Yes, yeah, sir. I may have lost the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some money. I may have lost a car. I may have lost all these material things. What I did not lose was the most precious trouble or, or treasure that it could have. And that was my covenant relationship with God. And I need to encourage you because now, all these years later, I've discovered why I'm still standing. And so when I tell you, the reason I mentioned Pastor Bruce is because he would say to me, y'all need to understand something. He was sharing my testimony with people. He said, when you meet this guy, he will still be smiling. He's still smiling no, because after all of that. He said, I've never met anybody like that in my life. He was telling people. And I was like, I got a kick out of that. And then, you know, me and him became good friends after that. Because he was telling people my story. He said, I never, this guy, he said, this didn't happen to him, this didn't happen to him, this didn't happen. And when you see him, he will still be smiling, talking about God. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's right. He's going to still be talking about getting connected having, and encouraging you. What? He said, what? And I said, so I found out that's the reason I survived. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It wasn't because I was all that smart and I had all things figured out. It wasn't because of that. It was because of the hand of God that was on my life and I trusted it. Yes, sir. When I didn't have anything else to depend on. Yes, sir. Yeah. See, you, you guys wouldn't understand that. You, if I told you the numbers and the sweat and the pain and the pressure, the things that I went to sleep with, 
Wow. Only to arrive here. Wow, wow. I was remembering how happy I was to have 20 children in the school. Wow. How happy I was with 20 kids. Now we have 253. Because I didn't quit. Didn't give up. Now I got to tell you, I tell you the truth, I tried. <laughs> but the Lord dealt with me, fixed me again. Because he had to, he got dealt with me with me every time. I'm showing you, it has all been about that covenant relationship of being a peculiar people and understanding. And the reason I wanted to tell you that is because God deals with us. We're, we're living in this period of time of grace. But we, you know, we've got some people preaching grace, and I, and I just mean, okay, I'm not preaching breezy grace. But it's great, thank God for grace, because he dealt with them. So in Exodus, when I gave you Exodus, when he first talked about that, that was the children of Israel he was dealing with. That's the first institution of law was put in place. And now, by the way, we are not talking about law. Legalistically, we can't do this thing. In fact, you live by the law, you will die by the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You live by grace, you can survive. <laughs> and so, it is the grace of God that has us here today. It is the grace of God that's brought us to this place. It is the grace of God, unmerited favor, that has brought us to this place at this time on this day. And if we'll trust God, believe God, that we can have the things of God for our lives. Now, i got to tell you something. You are not called and been saved for yourself. We are here for so many others. We, we are called with purpose. Now, he wants you to live out your life and be you. Alright? This is important. Don't be nobody else. How you wear your hair is your hairstyle. Amen. Don't let nobody tell you who you are. Matter of fact, because that's why it's so important for you to discover who you are Talk through Christ. Because if you don't, somebody will give you an identity, a purpose. That's right. I can assure you, that's right. It will definitely not be. So this covenant. This manifestation and the fact that we've been saved this period of time. And I want to share you. So if we've made it out of what our world has experienced, I mean in 2020, in 2020, I took half my school, moved to Newcastle, only to get hit by COVID, and trying to figure out what in the world is this? I want to share with you. We've been we've been hit. The whole world, the church and the unchurch. That's right. That's right. All at the this, so this is fair. This is fair game because everybody got hit. That's right. The problem was the people started those that are unbelievers and those that are believers that didn't really believe started questioning the church and said, "Okay, well, how come y'all didn't know? How come y'all didn't have heads up?" And how come your prayers didn't stop it? Come on, I'm, so I'm going to share with you. This is a this is a direct attack by the enemy, but it hit everybody. And I want to tell you something. God allowed it. That's right. 
He allowed it because he knew he would have a remnant that would stand up, and when they came up out of it, they would understand that the manifestation of the covenant blessing is upon them, and they will stand and make the difference in the changes that are going to come forth now. Faith is when? Now. So, the moment you start believing God and believing God for his word is the moment you can start making a difference and start turning things around in your life. I told you this is this covenant, this manifestation. If he called you a royal priesthood and a holy people 7,000, 6,000 years ago, and then uh, he called you again 6,000 years later, okay, Tell us who we are and what we're. The question is, we never stop being who we are unless you stop receiving it. So this issue is not about the word has changed because God is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. What has changed is the methods. That's right. I'm now preaching uh, to people via. Uh, Facebook Live and YouTube and Faith Life and different mechanisms of sending us across the airways because there's some people reluctant to come out of their house. I, I'm not putting you down. So those of you that are watching, but let me share this with you. It is important to get again, but not to forsake the assembly. But again, if this is the only way you can get it, get it. That's right. I'm not opposed to it. That's right. But I will share with you, it's important that coming in that I can touch you, I can see you. See, because I think there's nothing greater than your presence. Amen. Your presence makes a difference. Okay? Now, I believe the presence of the Lord can penetrate the area. I do believe that. Okay? But there's nothing like being in his presence. Amen? Right. And the, the, that atmosphere, that, that which exists, you know, there's one less filter we got to get through. <laughs> there's one less filter we got to get through. Amen. But it's, it's possible when he's capable. Amen. And so out of that, you know, again, I just want to share. So we're talking about dispensations, and dispensations have to do with dispensing. And most of the time, we always call it the dispensing of time. Okay, but it really the Greek, I'm sorry, the Hebrew word, okay, in there means economy. So it's but tied to time, this economy in which God disperses, releases his anointing and who he is. And so in the first dispensation, we called it law. And he had the people respond to the law, right? And then the second dispensation, and by the way, the first dispensation was, was given to us through Moses. Right? Moses was a man just like you and me. And then the second dispensation, and I like this because the second is the second one. I want to know about the number two, right? You know why I believe in the number two so much. It's the most powerful number in the Bible. I can show you over and over and over again where it is the most powerful number in the Bible. Right? But the second one has to do with the New Testament and is distributed by Jesus. Jesus is the distributor of the second dispensation, which is grace, unmerited favor. In fact, that which we fall short in, he's covered. 
And it's by his faith, not because of what you did. It's because of who you are. And what you, then what you say out of your mouth that I will receive. In other words, you're giving me authority, not holding your life. Okay? Now he can operate in your life. I, I got proof he's protected me, and I didn't even know I needed it. He's covered me out of things and places when I didn't know how. You better say I've been so delivered bad. out of stuff just because. And I'm grateful today because it was by his word, but it was him honoring his covenant, and he was hoping that I'd wake up and see it. And no matter what I've lost over life and time, I didn't lose him. I gotta think so. I even said to myself, is this the cost? You gotta understand something else. I have some stuff that I'm gonna share with you. Everything in life has a cost. And the reason I can talk to you today is to be in my right mind and not out of my mind. Talk about it, sir. It's because God is with you. Amen. But I'm sharing with you, there's some things that have happened in my life <clears throat> that could have taken me out of my life. I know this my. Right. Oh, but I'm glad to be able to say I can reason with you today with the word of God to help me stay firm and stern and in my right mind. Amen. Amen. So out of that, this dispensation of grace in this time that we're living in, is God now is dispersing his grace upon us. And so the covenant of God still exists. And I want to go further, but I thought I would lay out an outline. And so it's just talking about, you know, covenant and the grace. And covenant is a contractual agreement, okay? And in our case, there was a higher power and then us. And so he agrees with us. And what he did in his word, he says, if you obey my commandments, so there's a, it's contractual based off of you doing something. It's almost like uh, when we bought this building. They said, if you would do this and pay this amount, we will give you deed to the building. Well, lo and behold, the Lord made it happen. And we were able to do it. Now, I, I, you know, and there was a difference in this. Now, God was in both times in that. We purchased our other building, and uh, man, I had to jump through all kinds of hoops. You know, so this church and this school didn't start because we had a big denomination behind us. We didn't. We're not. We're not denominational. We had a big dog and a lot of big faith. Yeah, yeah. And we were believing God for some stuff. And uh, it came to pass because, in fact, when we bought the church building, there were some people, the people that were selling the building, stopped talking to everybody else and only talked to us. And there was another large church. I'll never forget this because a young lady came to church service and she stood up and said, well, I'm from so-and-so. And I had to come see this church because my pastor preached about y'all last week. He said, the fishbowl church. How is it that they're only talking to that fishbowl church? This little church. A fishbowl. And I don't even know what kind of query. He might even not talk about the 10-gallon. He was talking about that one where y'all buying a jar. <laughs> <laughs> fishbowl. That's how he described us. 
And she said, I had to come see. And I said, well, and I, I was able to, I stood up and said, well, I think that, and I told people now today, so the fishbowl church was attached to the ocean. Which was the resource of all the earth. And so that's our God. Wow, wow, and wow. So and so, but that happened. But then there was some legal stuff there with the, with the people involved. And they said, you know, uh, for you to get here, we're going to want these agreements. I want I want you to sign here that if you fail, your house belongs to us. Oh. <laughs> How many of y'all willing to do that? Then they said, oh. Uh, that ain't even enough. We want your life insurance policy as well. So, if my children or anybody had any inheritance, it was gone if this didn't work. But then I said something, God spoke to me, and He said, You're coming with me. This ain't no gamble. Talk. You better. Yeah. Come on, sir. Let me speak that Everybody, man, he talking this that stuff, man. This ain't a bad. He talking that stuff. not against you. He said, you said, I said, do you believe that? And I said, yes, sir. He said, then what's the problem? I said, nothing. I signed on the dotted line. Come on. Let's All go. You said, That's what we had to do then. Then, by the time we got to here, none of that was even asked anymore. Why? Amen. We're your covenant-keeping person. Yes, sir. We keep the covenant in place. It follows you. Your name is important. When you do what you said you would do and be who you said you are, yes, sir. they would know it. Yes, sir. You are preaching and teaching, sir. No, no. Ask somebody about somebody. What y'all gonna do today? Y'all Google them. Right. You know who they are. Five seconds after somebody tell you. Ask another person. My son, my son is back here. He asked him to Google you and heart me. <laughs> He's, we need to know something. We call him. <laughs> and he tell us a few minutes later, this is what that means, or this is what it's connected to. Because he you know how to do that stuff. But my point is saying that the, co the covenant, what people are not doing is Googling God. Yeah. You better. He don't show up. Yeah. His page don't show up the way they think he should show up. His, 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 uh, we call it the Bible, doesn't show up because they all got these other personal ideas of who he is and what he does. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. But I'm talking about the true and living God. Talk, talk, talk. Jehovah. Talk, talk. Jehovah Rapha, my dear. Uh, Jehovah Tiskidu, my dad. That's right. Okay, so I, I claim him personally, but yet he belongs to all of you, too. Right, right, right. So. <laughs> That's the covenant that he signed with me. But then I'm going to share with you. He went a step further. The covenant. That's why the law can't help. The Pope can't handle it. The covenant was signed with blood. Yes. Yes. And the blood is still working. Yes. Out of, I, and I've looked at a few. Religions and things of that nature, right? There's two of them that mention there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. That's right. That's right. That's right. So it's in the it's in the Bible. And it's in the, it's also in the Quran. 
question when we get to Quran is whose blood? Who's blood? That's right. Who's blood? Okay, I'm just saying they both is there. It's in both. But but they're, they're, they're both right in terms of there's no remission of sin without the shedding blood. But I know who blood is talking about. Because there's only one that shed blood for us. No one else no one else can declare that. No one else. And it is because that's why I got to the point. So I share with you about the covenant and the word of God. It is true. It is so accurate. It's to like the tenth power. And I don't know if you understand power and the numbers and so anybody that understands math. Mathematics. The number's so big you can't say it. So you attack it to the power. And that's the ten power. That's how accurate the word of God is. And the prophecies that were shared. Because I share with you, I gave you all the scripture that was done in Exodus. Exodus right after they come out of, you know, bondage and everything. And and when Abraham and Isaac in that regeneration is starting to start, right? But right after that. He establishes the law with Moses, right? And then we see it takes us all the way, all 42 more generations before we get to the New Testament and Jesus shows up. By the way, Jesus was mentioned in chapter 3, verse 15. He says the woman, there's going to be a child born of woman and the child is going to crush your head and you're going to bruise his heel. And I needed, this This made sense to me, because I didn't understand what bruise meant, right? Right. But bruise is a superficial wound. A capillary is breaking underneath the skin. Blood is is moved, but never shed. Right. Because it doesn't open up. So death had no more sting, because it only became a bruise to God and not his death. The shedding of his blood that was done at Calvary was done for you and I because it's the same thing. And by the way, that blood, and I wish I had enough, uh, uh, as an archaeologist, I don't have any uh, any to proof to this, but for my something in my mind is telling me that if I was able to go back, because they can't find where Eden was. There is no way to trace where Eden was. I actually believe it's where Galcotta is. You said, well, why would you believe that? I believe because Jesus had to get to that point and his blood had to be poured out into the earth. Where did it go, y'all? In the dirt. In the dirt, right. What was man formed and fashioned out of dirt? The blood had to affect the very dirt that was established in making man wow. from the beginning, you and I. And that's why the blood is still working. Wow. Now we know we gotta we receive them and all of that, but I'm just sharing with you my personal mind and belief. I can't tell, I can't prove this to anybody, right? Yet. <laughs> but he, his blood was poured out at Calvary. And I think it was significant because his blood's the only perfect blood to restore man. And he went back because Adam was perfect until he sinned. Do you see that? So it was there that it did occur, but then it was lost. And so we all are born. We're born under that. I, I, and I told y'all a story. We're born into sin. You do not have to teach your child how to sin. 
And if you, your parent or grandparent, you know what I'm talking about. Because you'll forget about yourself. But let me remind you that with your grandchildren, your children, right? So here, my granddaughter is in my wife's makeup. And my wife came back home and she said she just had it because she told me to watch her, right? And that didn't go too well because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> my granddaughter was supposed to be up there asleep. She got makeup all over her face, lipstick all across her head, right? Everything. And my wife running to catch come up in the room and she here and she jumps in the bed. And she said, You in my makeup. My granddaughter said, No, I'm not. She said, You got makeup all over your face. Okay. You, you didn't miss the lips. <laughs> and, and, and then she pulled, she lifts my granddaughter up and she's laying on the on the makeup, hiding it underneath. Now, we didn't teach her that. She's a girl. I didn't teach her that. But she did it. Right? The sin, and I'm, why am I pointing that out? The sin nature is in us as humans, but yet we now have to teach righteousness. And the righteousness comes from him. It's one of that did all of that to get to this place to bring in. So the covenant that we're in, because he was righteous and his blood was perfect, I can have that when I accept him as my Lord and Savior. And because of my acceptance of who he is and then bring him into my life, now that gives the right and the ability for me to have the inheritance that belongs to him now belongs to me. So if I'm the child of Abraham, I'm going to go all the way back here and a uh, child of faith and all of that. The covenant that was bestowed upon Abraham by faith is the same covenant that I have access to today. And I've been sharing this message because Isaac has to go through exactly what his father went through in order for him to receive and walk in the promises. And he does it. And even when he showed up and I wanted to help somebody because we've been through some stuff in 2023. But I want to tell you, don't move. Stand still and trust the Lord. Because he tells Isaac, stand still. He said, don't leave. Redig the wells. The Bible tells me that, man, he became so blessed, people was in the oven. Next thing you know, they were throwing mud and clogged the wells up. Because where there's water, there's life. Oh, where there's freedom, and where there's the word.